Welcome to the podcast Rise and Play. I am Sophie Vaux, your podcast host. I bring together leaders, entrepreneurs, fund makers, investors, and educators who are here to make a change in the industry. For a brighter and healthier future of the games we will make, and how we will make them. We're here to start a conversation because listening and asking the hard questions is sometimes enough to inspire change in us, to take the leap to. Let's begin. Today, I am delighted to have on my podcast, Taina Muoanen. So Taina is the president and co-founder of We In Games Finland. She's been in the game industry from 2006, and her experience has been mostly on management side from project to companies. She is also doing on the side of her responsibility as the president of We In Games Finland, She's a researcher in Tampere University and also currently consulting a game company on the management side. Taina and I met during my years in Finland when I was involved in the early days of what used to be called Women in Games. So I'm super excited to have her now that I'm back in Berlin and it's again a reconnection with my very meaningful experience I had in Finland. So hi Taina, very pleased to have you here. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. And thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be here today. Thanks. So my first question is, how did you made it back uh, to gaming? Because I understand from your experience, although you've been in the gaming industry since 2006, you had a break out of games and then you came back as well with an association. So what happened? Okay. So what happened was that my friend asked, could I help their company? That was a game company. And um, I was away probably for two years or three years, maybe more. But around that time, so I kind of left for a while, but actually I never left. So I was, when I went out, I usually went out with my uh, game buddies. And when I went to party, I went out to party with them. And at some point I was in a digital marketing that time and at some point I started to realize that I all the time go out with the games people you know I never go out with the marketing people so mm -hmm. that was kind of a also breaking point for me to understand like maybe that that was the place where I belong, belong more. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what is it about uh, hanging out with gaming people? Um, if I need to kind of pinpoint something I felt that there was a community and it's pretty straightforward and people are like easy to approach and easy to be hung out with. So I usually don't hang out with the, my colleagues from work or before that. But I think in the games, it's be more like sharing the same kind of ideas or feelings and kind of liking to be with these people. So that is a very good question. I never really get into like why, but those are most likely the reasons. Yeah, I share the feeling gaming people, well, I'm also myself a gaming person are the best people I, I love to hang out with, like friends, colleagues, uh, you know, really part of a close life. So I totally agree. And uh, starting then with Win Games. So can you walk us through how did you start with Win Games, you know, when you decided to get back to gaming and what are the steps that happened that led you as well to a position of president today? When was it? I was there, by the way, at that time, but... I was not in your situation, so I'm also really curious to hear your perspective. 
Okay, so I think it was uh, back in 2017 or 18 when the organization was not yet like an official organization. So it was more like a collective on Facebook. And uh, I started to do the admin group back then. And I actually, I enjoyed it a lot. There was a pretty, I was some people, I think we met there as well, if I recall right. When it was in the end of 2018 that we started to discuss, should we register that as an official organization? And it was mainly because there was a lot of interest, like people were asking, like, "Ah, can you give a statement? And it's pretty not so, you know, real to give a statement as an admin of Facebook group. So it started to feel like there is a need for this kind of organization. And we started to discuss, and I'm pretty sure that our ex-vice president, Emilia Machuga, was the mm-hmm. one who kind of threw it on the table, like, oh, let's set up an official organization. And then in 2019, the organization was registered. Personally, I kind of feel that this is so cliche in the Finnish gaming industry, but we talk a lot about giving back to community. So I kind of felt that there is, I need to give back something because I've been gaining so much and being so wrong. So I felt like that is something I could do. And mm-hmm. also personally, uh, there were some tendencies in a games that I didn't like that much. Mm-hmm. And when I started to think like, okay, should I maybe should I seek some, uh, you know, from the other industry, some other kind of job, then I realized that maybe there would be a way to kind of affect to the games industry and where it is going also from my perspective. So these are the personal reasons why I get into being games. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example of what are some tendencies that you saw in gaming that uh, you didn't agree with and uh, were important you know, for you as well to advocate for with win games? Well, as the games industry, it was growing very fast in Finland, as you know, and I think everywhere. I saw that there's that to be like people are not paying attention for the equality issues, for example, or when you're growing, you kind of just recruit your friends from around, these kind mm-hmm. of things. And I I kind of, because I've been working also with the big companies and with other industries, and and from my perspective, the, um, when we go for the um, path where the diversity issues, for example, or or thinking about like how you really properly manage the company. If they are forgotten, then we are on the wrong part. So like having person in a CEO position is not just like, okay, let's name somebody. You need to know certain kind of things. And same applies for every other position that are like supporting positions, in my opinion, like marketing and community management and these kind of things. So you really need to have like a professional people in there. That was something that I saw at some point like it's lacking. Now I think we are getting in the better and gaming industry is getting like more professional in the way because that is also when the industry is growing, that is kind of a, the time when you need to get more professional. It doesn't need to be that you get more serious, but kind of having more professional attitude for how we make the things. Yeah, I agree. I think also we we tend to forget that gaming industry is still a young industry, grew really fast. I think also there was um, tremendous growth with mobile and, I don't know, founders, companies getting bigger really fast, you know, not having things in order as you grow. And 
from my own experiences, we're working in games for uh, over a decade now. It's something I have seen as well, that's what we call professionalism. That doesn't mean it's being more serious, but there's always this conflict of if we get too professional, then we are not fun, you know? And I, I don't think they're mutually exclusive, but it's important that there are things, I don't know, like a code of conduct. It's a serious thing. And it's it's a thing that should happen in an organization of a bigger size. We are not just, you know, like child level and we assume that we all have the same rules of working and things will happen by itself. So we need structure and indeed uh, more professionalism, maybe uh, incorporation and all these things uh, that you have mentioned that are lagging behind, I would say, in gaming overall. And even when we talk about teams, you know, leadership, how we grow people in an organization and not just focus on games, it's still work in progress. Yes, I so totally agree with you on this. And also like these kind of things, like talk openly about the values, how we want to be, how we want our games to be. This is really important, all these things. And that comes from the proper leadership and proper management, in my opinion. So when the games industry was growing very fast and it was kind of lacking this, I felt so, I don't know. I felt like, oh, I don't want to be part of this. But then I realized like I can still be part of this and kind of be one of the persons who is kind of making the change. So this is pretty much behind mm-hmm. yeah, we in games ideas as well. Yeah. And having seen the number of uh, growing members, you're not the only one who believe in it. That's what makes this community. I wanted to come back a bit to actually a very important turning point as well in how the group was named. Because when I was still in Finland, it was Women in Games Finland. And it's, I would say, a standard naming where there are many organizations of women in games by country, or I see as well this one, uh, Women in Game International. And it's a good start. But you went further and named it We in Games. And I follow some discussion that happened in the community, but I wanted you to share as well with the audience what was the background of the change, what has happened, what were even the thoughts and the conflicting thoughts you had to change officially the name as is. Yeah. That is a good question. Um, the name was the Women in Games Finland was from 2011 when the um, Facebook group was set up. So, and as you mentioned, that is the global name. So it was part of the global Women in Games movement in a sense. And when we had our constitutive meeting, we had a long discussion about the name, but at, it was it was a long meeting. It was like five or six hours long. So people were getting really tired and we couldn't kind of agree what would be a good name. So we decided to table the decision and kind of get back to that in the next annual meeting if it's needed. So it certainly was needed. And the most of the critics was that it's not the name is not enough inclusive. And whereas we had the hope to be part of the global women in games organizations, but also we understand this part. Uh, And that time, uh, because our presidency is for two years, so it was my first year and then my second year was starting. So I didn't want to take sides like it. I think it's pretty much the decision our members need to do, like what is our name, how they want to reflect. But we Mm -hmm. had a voting and the name we in games won the voting. So that came as our official new name. Mm-hmm. And behind Win Games now, 
can you remind us well what is the mission then of Win Games and for people who would like to join the community so it's not any more label as women. So if I'm a man, can I join or, you know, whoever I am, what makes me eligible to join the community? Okay, the only thing we ask is that you feel that the diversity and inclusion are important in the gaming community. Mm -hmm. So that is that we don't have any kind of restriction about the gender, about age, about the occupation, about anything else. This is the thing we kind of just wish like you don't need to be like the great advocate but you need to believe that this is a good thing that could happen and obviously it is a big discussion also like what the diversity includes but that is also the discussion we all the time go through in our community but this is totally open and i hope that the new name reflects that better that we are open for everyone and i totally understand that it can feel that it's not enough you know inclusive with the woman in there yeah and maybe more concretely then have you noticed after you changed then i i know as well it's an important topic and i've seen in community like the people who wouldn't be able to identify as women was there more feedback you get by uh, you know non-binary community or you know even men joining as a result of a change of name to be more inclusive and be more welcoming for others who believe in the same cause yeah we've seen more people from let's say other than women joining now and I know there were people who were expecting us to change the name that they could join so it was really important to them and I think this is also a good point for reflect like from my perspective I was kind of thinking like yeah it's it is just a name but because our values were all the time there so that we haven't changed the values or our goals or our aims so they've been all the time the same But it's very important that these kind of little things can make people feel more included. And that is like the strongest what we can get out from changing the name. So I think it was really important to understand that part as well. Mm. Great change and very inspiring as, as well. I think for other communities that because not to say again that having the name as women in games or women in tech is wrong, far from it. Um, I think there are other considerations these days when we think about inclusivity for communities that don't, you know, um, label themselves by gender that could uh, create some discomfort. So it's very inclusive to have changed the name this way and a, a good example. Yeah, I totally agree here. And also, like, I know there are some communities who are just for women. So it is maybe a bit confusing if the name is woman, but we are open for all, but then there are communities that are just for women. But I am happy to say that in this two years time, I've seen more and more um, discussion about this and also like the change of attitude, like maybe the organization was previously for women only, and now they are kind of changing the scope. So I think like, We've been all the time for everybody, but we wanted to change the name to reflect it better. So similarly, there are, I, I think there will be similar kind of actions later on, maybe in a broader level. Yes, looking forward to it. All right, then going further in some questions more about yourself, Taina. So moving away a bit, particularly from Win Games, but uh, you, you know, you have also a pretty big career with, uh, you know, management responsibilities and also now president of uh, Wayne Games. 
the other activities you're doing on the side and maybe even new ones, as I understand. So how do you manage your time? You know, as I'm sure you have a lot of things to do. I also know you have a family and uh, yeah, which is also, you know, a job. Uh, we know that and we don't talk enough about it. So I really was curious how you manage your life routine and uh, your time. Well, um, I have to say sometimes not at all, but usually mm -hmm. I am. And I always been very organized with like, how do I uh, swap my times and how do I use my times? So that is one way to manage. Obviously, having a child makes the life, you know, like a values difference. So when when there is a time for the child, that is time. I'm not working. I'm not answering phones when we are spending time together. Mm -hmm. But in Finland, I'm lucky to that we are lucky to have the uh, daycare system that is very good. So and it's really like mm -hmm. best thing to do that you are able to take your kid to a daycare and they can be with other kids there and spend time and, you know, play around and then they come back and you finish your work and then you can have a nice evening together. So when the corona started and it was pretty unclear, like when you can get to a kid to daycare, that was like a moment when I realized how important these kind of systems are, that you have an affordable price. You can have this very quality daycare for your child. But obviously... The most important thing is to know how to recover. So like you can do a lot of things and most of the time the things are interesting. So it doesn't feel like, oh, I'm working when I'm doing green game stuff. But also I have my times to recover, which means like I'm totally blocking my phone and doing something else that is usually very physical things that I do. So I have, I do, sometimes I did more. Nowadays I do a bit less writing. Mm -hmm and uh, spend time with my animals and you know like renovating my cottage and these kind of things that I kind of come back I can get back to the good feeling of doing also the work that is just for brains mm -hmm. yeah I was talking also to Joachim the other day as well with a guest on the podcast and mentioning the same thing like a non-work activity yeah you are talking is even about handy job you know Uh, renovating the cottage, which I find it very meditative as an activity or doing things that are not work-related, which is important uh, to recover. Also, an important point that you mentioned that is the daycare system and support. It's not the case in all the countries, unfortunately. So I wanted to highlight as well that Finland is a great country, not promoting Finland as among the best country, but I actually believe it. It's a happy country. And it allows as well a lot with a healthcare system to also give opportunity, you know, for so women or if you're a caregiver to also pursue, you know, other activities of life and not just be a parent or caregiver. And I had a follow-up question on the priorities of your life among all of that. So you are also very active professionally. How important the work is, you know, in your life? Uh, it's a question I ask also often to mothers because there's a, a bit of a stigma where there's a guilt, you know, of uh, working and, and loving your job and going for your job and being a parent. And I was curious, what's your position on that, if you wanted to share with the audience? Yes, definitely. Work is important for me in a sense, like I, 
I've been glad to work in the positions that I've, I find important and meaningful. And also, uh, when I had my baby, I kind of made a deal with the company that I work for one day per week and doing kind of just to keep in touch what I do. And I felt that it was the system that suited for me. I understand that there are people who want to just devote for the when they have a kid, and that is totally okay. And I feel that it's just like a, it's a personal decision how you want to make it. But for me, it worked that I had this tiny amount of work per week, so I was able to keep the touch and you know follow the uh, industry and what's happening, and that worked really well for me. So this is one of the things like when I discuss with the people who are going for their maternity leave I ask them to think how they want to organize that and I would say that there are so many ways to organize and it's so important also for you to know like what is the best what works for you do you want to be totally devoted to spend time with your children or you want to like have the tiny bit what is the possibility or at least in Finland that you can work a tiny bit I wouldn't work more but one day per week was totally fine for me. It is actually in Finland, it's Sunday, which is a bit funny. But that was okay for our company. So it was like, we could manage that. And a bit further then about these priorities of life. Have you spent some time in thinking, reflecting about, you know, your values, your priority, what's important for you in your life? What drives you, you know, for decisions? Definitely. I think it's very important to understand your values and also to avoid the stereotypical thinking. So when I know what is important for me, it's much more easier for me to reflect that others might have a different kind of values in their life. And I can't judge them based on my values because they are not the ones that are right. But from my personal values, equality is the one kind of what is following. So I, at least when I'm working, it's very important for me that I can treat everyone equal. That is very hard question as you know it's not like it comes like automatically but at least by making decisions i think you have to have a certain kind of standard mm -hmm. or certain kind of guidelines that you follow when you make decisions also maybe more related to working life trust is very important for me so i need to trust i want to trust people who are working You know, I don't want to go and interrupt them all the time. So I think the trust in the sense like I need to trust that the people are doing their job and that is not something I can question all the time. Like, are you doing the job well? Because I, I think you need to trust those people with whom you're working. Mm -hmm. Are there some situations where you have been, so with this, this clarity you have on these values, where you have been confronted to make very, very hard decisions that... I don't know, would put in contact different areas of your life, even if you have an example even better. And uh, what did you do? Do you have a recent example? <laughs> I think there are all the time this kind of uh, moments when you need to discuss with you, like what is the best solution for, the, uh, for certain kind of moments. Sometimes it's very hard decision you need to do, like for example, when you are selecting the team, like which team members you want to select. If you have this possibility, I've been, I've been lucky that I've been able to have this possibility sometimes. So in those senses, I sometimes I needed to, for example, 
when I was working closely with the customers. I needed to think like what the customers would like to have, not just what I would like to have. So there are different kind of stakeholders in this situation and also taking them account. And sometimes in those days, or those times you need to think that aspect as well, not just about your values. What more recent I would think. I think in all in all, Wing Games has given me lots of I, lots of evaluating of my values and my ways to do things because it's so different position that, for example, um, my work positions have been. So in I, I feel that in my work position I haven't been I haven't been in that kind of position that somebody's questioning my values, but in the Wing Games that has happened very often and that's been really healthy for me. Yeah, I've seen these discussions and they can uh, be quite hard and it takes probably some distance. Uh, to reflect and uh, also to answer. And I've seen some of your answers as well where I was really impressed by, you know, the distance to sometimes very, can be angry messages, you know, frustrated people uh, not feeling understood. And I can understand that. And uh, you in your position, especially as a representative of the whole community, to so keep your, your cool <laughs> and your, your head together to answer, I have seen as well. Thank you. That's nice to hear. So that is the work to do, like not just thinking about how I feel about it, but also accepting how I feel and what is my initial reaction, but also like trying to see the other part, like what is what is the reasoning? Because I don't think anybody is just like mean in a sense. They usually have some reasoning. And we also had this discussion inside our being games uh, board and activists and they've been really good discussion where people are reflecting like why I think this way about these things because those are giving the perspective and very often when there are people like who think differently and they are able to understand so so in a sense I think that the open discussion is the only way to solve these kind of problems and uh, also to get better in diversity so like openly discuss how we see why we see these things and then maybe finding a common ground but not like trying to desperately find the common ground sometimes it's totally okay to disagree as well mm -hmm. that's uh, very wise and you as a woman in game i was also curious about your personal experience so having been also in not necessarily just in games because your experience is not only in games where as a woman in position of leadership and power, how has been your experience if you had challenges being, you know, woman in leadership or in games? And if there are things you could share with us? Okay, this is my personal experience. And I totally understand that my personal experience is very much related when I started in games. So when I started in games, the games industry was in Finland, at least very small still. So I've been growing up with the games industry in a sense. But for me, the games has been the easiest and more equal industry I have worked with. So there are class sailings, for example, in games that I've been hitting my head but I've been bumping them on other industries too and in a totally like more early stage as well. So in a sense, I feel like the gaming industry is being, you know, able to learn as well. But that also that means sometimes that you communicate the things like, okay, there might be the glass ceilings for women to uh, get in the positions. I think in my case, 
most of the times that I've been having a problems is more that I, I don't have the dev background. So I have been only in management. So I think at the sense that this has been more like the step for me to go over than the uh, being a woman. Mm-hmm. And it's good also to hear anecdotes of where it hasn't been always a problem. I think, uh, of course, it, in many and maybe most situations, it has been a challenge. And I, I know this as well by talking to many other women in the industry. Um, but it's also nice as a balance to hear when it can happen well. It's not, uh, unfortunately, not the majority, but I understand for you as well, it's been going okay, not about the gender. But about the glass ceiling part that you mentioned, you as well grew in high positions. So how was the path for you to get promoted? Is it natural path, changing of companies? How did you get to the level you are today? Oh, that is a good question. I've been lucky enough to have people in my uh, during my career that has been supportive for me and like suggesting like maybe you could do this maybe you could do that so it's not just I'm not thinking like I have done my career totally but I I give a lot of credit for these people who saw the opportunities and who, who saw that I could be able to do some things even though I wasn't maybe seeing that um, obviously, nowadays is a different because there's so much career behind. So you start to trust your own feelings and you kind of know what you can do and what you cannot do. And you don't take that as personally, at least when I was younger. But I think that it's been kind of a natural for me also. Like, okay, I take this responsibility. I take that responsibility. And then we start to add up like, okay, now I'm in a totally different position where I was when I started. But I think games is, we don't have a big companies, like the biggest companies, 500 people in Finland. So that also affects how you can advance in your career. So in a bigger companies and a bigger industry, it's much more easier to move around. But in a game industry, you probably need to move around like in different countries if you want to go and advance in your career. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to say that it is not the most important thing like if you are happy where you are you don't need to all the time to think like the career growth because i think sometimes it comes as a mantra like we just expect you to advance in your career but sometimes it's totally okay to stay where you are and also balance it with your life so i was perfectly happy with the company that i was when i had my child because it gave me a security you know like stay there and not to push extra hours to manage my job so that was a great as well so Mm -hmm. it is very much about the life situations also when you are when we are talking about the career things so i i don't want to put the idea in the mind like that is the most important thing to do sometimes it's good just to stay as well yeah it's a very good reminder as well in the end to um, again reflect on the your aspiration, your personal aspiration, and not only career, and uh, chasing the status and the rank. This doesn't mean necessarily that you get more of what you want if you don't know yourself what you want. So I, I totally agree. Of course, it's easier to say when you already reach a certain rank. But I can say that uh, my life uh, didn't transform you know, completely with um, promotion or career ladder, but more by actually challenges of life, or personal challenges of life, more than actually career. So 
it's about finding your path and it's it's good to remember that it's not necessarily the one drew by society and a point i wanted to come back on is also so for you your experience has been actually quite nice as well you know like growing in your personal career and also uh, not so many big challenges you know as a woman in gaming or in uh, in management position and i wanted to point out because having spent time in finland where i've noticed actually much more advanced thinking in the culture and equality so i'm french and let's say the culture and the hierarchy and culture of organization that are old from a hundred years is quite different and there are certain traditions and, and rules that follow and i didn't feel this way when i was in finland and actually when i was at rovio i had a female like studio lead heini and also i had a ceo female and uh, i i've seen actually many companies with female ceo and so i was wondering if also finland being also with a culture you know maybe more progressive around equality is a factor and what do you think about it it's harder maybe for you being in the system but maybe you have some thoughts as you have also very international groups you know in win games um i totally agree here with you i've been living in london and one reasons i moved back to finland was that i didn't saw that i could advance my career as a, the way i want in there or i could but it would take me way more hours and work mm -hmm. to get in the position where i would feel like confident to be so um i agree that it is that in finland we are in the pretty in the in the lucky situation in the sense but still in a cxo positions we have the most difference in uh, female and male and mm -hmm. that is something i would like to highlight and address and that is one of the things that is on the uh, win games finland's agenda that we kind of need to find the solution to get more women in cxo positions it doesn't mean that we need to push them like force them to be but i know there are many many women for example in finland who would like to be in that kind of position but they are not able to find the opportunities to do that so also to kind of break the barriers mm -hmm. from there and here i i think that one of the reasons is that we are so young industry still so there are not the ways like we select like big companies they already know how to do do this and do like the good job with this but i think in a smaller companies it might be kind of a, in a sense random selection like okay they don't maybe think so well like who would be the one person to select And in your role as the president of Win Games, can you also share a bit more what are the responsibilities you have there, you know, the, the task or what is your team basically? How, how do you organize yourself for what you run? If I know it's a big question I'm asking, but if you could summarize as well, like what are the tracks, you know, of development you do as president and with your core team? Okay, so how the Win Games is organized is like we have the board that is from five to eight people depending the year and the board has their own activities and their own responsibilities and these are like bigger responsibilities then we have active volunteers who are like interested doing something around these topics and that i think all together we have 30 people now like active so we have this um like people who you can 
for example, be interested to be Facebook admin, or you can be interested to run the whole program, like Salah Hiskoski is running these two, actually two programs for us, like mentorship program and also planning the leadership program. So it's totally depending on of your wheels. So I, I see also Win Games as a platform where you can do these things and where you can apply money if you need to apply money, you know, for your project or this kind of thing. So I'm seeing that it is also our community who kind of decides what is the path to go, where we go. So usually if somebody comes with me like, I, I have an idea, we could do this, and they are interested in doing that. It's very easy for us to say like, yes, do that. As a president, I do everything. I, I kind of fill the gaps when somebody else is not there. So <laughs> that's the funny, like I start to organize events if there is no other people available at the moment. But also a big part of my work is nowadays to talk with, with different stakeholders outside the game industry. So I've been very much involved, for example, Generation Equality Project that the Minister of Foreign Affairs of Finland is running. Uh, we've been discussing with the big organizations like UN Women and UNICEF about these things that we find similar and what we want to advance. So this is like my job varies from toast discussion to the uh, like actual planning, but also there's a lot how we run or how I run the community of volunteers and board members. So that is actually a very hard question because when you are a manager in a company, you have these laws, at least in Finland, very many laws, how you should organize the work and how what kind of things you need to take in uh, account but then when you're managing volunteers it's totally different things because people are having other things in their life and this is not their prior things or you can't really say like you have to work mm -hmm. for these hours that would be stupid to say but that is not also an option so it's totally different kind of thing and that itself has taught me very much about how to motivate people, how to take care that they don't do too much work and these kind of things. And I've been, this has been a learning experience for me. I would recommend to run a volunteer organization sometimes for anyone who is interested about management because it's, it is totally different work. It is also, it's so rewarding to see how people are getting into it and like how many hours they are willing to put to the things they find important. So it's really like it gives back as well. Yeah, sounds like there's a lot going on. And like you said, very rewarding. Many things to learn, I'm sure. And I've again, I'm still in the group. I'm not in Finland, but on the heart, I'm still in the group. And uh, it's amazing all the content that has happened over the last years. So congratulations uh, for you and for uh, the group and, and the girls I know for all the things they have organized. It's amazing. Thank you very much. I think it as well. I sometimes reflect back. Actually, I was once doing this kind of presentation when I tell what we've been doing. And I was like, when did we have time to do this much? <laughs> so I am also pretty pleased. Obviously, when you are doing the job, you think all the time, like, I'm not doing enough. But that's that's why it's good to reflect back and think like, oh, we get this far in a one year, two year, three years time. So also, and rewarding people for what they've been doing and saying like openly, like, wow, you did a great job. Because I think it is a great gift that people are voluntarily putting time and effort for this topic. So 
it is like every time I'm like, thank you, whatever you do, even if it's a small thing or it is a bigger thing, this is very valuable for us. Yeah, and I recommend the audience as well, if interested, to check out the group, you know, not even visiting Finland or not in Finland because there's really very good materials. And I wanted to say, although it's in Finland, very international, you know, English is the spoken language, all the materials content is in English and it's great. Okay, so we are reaching here at the end of our conversation today and I have always these three uh, hot questions towards a bright future. So my first question is, what are the next big steps for Win Games or for you, you know, as the president of the organization? Well, obviously, we want to advance these issues, diversity and inclusion, even more what we are doing now. For me, this year, the most important thing is to balance like nobody's doing too much or not too many projects so that is what i'm kind of checking and trying to find the perfect way the perfect combination of it what we do is we are running a quite big project at the moment we have gender in play project that is funded by the justice ministry of finland so that is running for this year and there we are studying the game characters and the game words and the possible gender-based violence in Finnish games. And that's been really interesting project, but also really big project for organizations like us. And then we are putting an effort this year for the LGBTQ and we are collaborating with Helsinki Pride at the moment. And so there's the Pride Week is coming up and I'm pretty excited that we can do this kind of collaboration as well. What else are the big things? We have loads of plans and I hope they come to together. So the leadership program is about to start as well. Hopefully we are kind of, we've been waiting to COVID times, the restriction to go big down, but I don't know how long we can wait for this. And um, also we want to carry on the work that we kind of promote the game industry and the diversity we have already in the game industry more out. So mm -hmm. as you mentioned, we have a lot of uh, people abroad in Finland that is actually 28% at this moment as we speak. And also from our studies, we can tell that there is a lot of diversity already in the games. So talking just about uh, young uh, white male who is making games is kind of hurting for those people who are already in there and don't identify as one so kind of telling people what we've been already doing and where we are and being really open that okay we still have a lots of lots to do this is not ready yet but also we need to kind of see that there are also already changes that are important and put a pressure on them and lift them up one important thing what we do is to giving role models. So that's why all the Wien Games active members, or most of them, are willing to go, for example, to schools to speak about the games industry. Because we've kind of realized that when you go to the schools and you just tell like about your occupation, about the games industry in general, people are like, oh, I didn't know there's a uh, women in games industry and you're like okay that's good that now you know so showing the role models in a different and different perspectives like that uh, anyone can be a programmer anyone can be a manager in the in the industry so kind of telling this is one of the biggest thing because i know that there are people who don't believe yet that they could be 
so it's very important for them to tell that you can be you just you know like if that is your ambitions just go for it listening to you you know reminds me how finland is a great gaming ecosystem you know like the school i remember like really gaming schools and uh, why so many gaming companies that are forming since the past years and talents coming from finland so i think it's again a great place for gaming and uh, a lot of good things happening there as an example of our countries for example in berlin we don't have a community at all you know in, in gaming so that's something a takeaway as well for me to do something about it when we can go out again i really miss it i really miss it from my time in finland so something to really feel proud about as of what all you're doing already in finland yeah and you are always welcome back you know sophie anytime <laughs> <laughs> I, I really feel like home in Finland, I want to say. <laughs> That's great. That is great to hear. And my second question, who inspired you in your personal journey to give back, to contribute, yeah, to be where you are today? Obviously, my biggest inspiration comes from my family. So my mother and my grandmother, who's been always like uh, the woman who just do what they want to do, even though the time's been totally different than they are now. So I, I think they've been mm. kind of paving the road and showing the examples that you can be anything. Also, like my father, for him, never was a problem. Like I said, like when I was 16, like, oh, I, I want to have a motorcycle. I was like, yeah, let's go and buy you one. So it's been like, I, I think I have really great family from the start. In industry, I think it's it's kind of a funny thing, but it's kind of a the community inspires us. So we have like lots of examples of people who are very responsible, who are giving back to the community, who are working for the community. So I could name like many names, like starting from Ilkka Paananen to Sonia Angesleva to people who has been in games before me and really work hard for getting the games industry the better place so i can't really name like just one person who is like oh that is my biggest inspiration because i think this this in a sense is a community that inspires like we have this will mm -hmm. to make this community better and that is really rewarding and that is also making my position really easy because i know like even there are resistance But still, there are lots of people who are like supporting and thinking about the same way and also advocating these things from their own perspective, making this a big, better community. And my last question, if you had one thing you would like to change right now in the industry, what would it be? Oh, this is so hard question. Um, probably I would like to be already on the stage where we don't need to discuss why diversity is important. So that would be a great thing. So if there's one question I am a bit tired to answer is like why we need to talk about the diversity still. I think we need to talk about the diversity until we are in the position where we don't really, when it's not an issue. And as long as there is the question, there is need to talk about the diversity. Mm. I believe as well in the day will come. It's a matter of patience. Thank you, Taina, for your time. Uh, it was also nice to reconnect with you today. And uh, yeah, until the next time. Thank you, Sophie, so much for having me. And it was so great to talk with you. We should do this much more often. Well, take care, Taina. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to this new episode of Raise and Play podcast. If you enjoyed the content and want to support what we're doing, rate and review the podcast. Spread the word about it. 
If you'd like to contribute to the change too, reach out to me on LinkedIn for a collaboration. You'll find all the rest of the content on riseandplay.io, including my free masterclass on conscious leadership. Until the next time, 